This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. Sports most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Sunday, February 14th. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day, for those of you that care about that. Uh, I don't give two shits, but I thought I'd say it anyway. Welcome to the Hockey uh, Podcast Network's presentation of the Ice Guys. Seven days a week, the only NHL betting show that's here seven days a week. Although you could call today's show the Ice Guy, because I'm on my own today, flying solo on a solo mission in the captain's seat today. Ian Cameron with you. But we're ready to break down these two Sunday uh, NHL games on the slate. Two very fascinating games to break down uh, on the show today. We've got the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Washington Capitals. And we've got the Colorado Avalanche back from an extended COVID-19 shutdown. Finally back in action today and taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, a battle of the two well, two of the three heavyweights, I guess you could say. St. Louis was expected to be in that discussion, but I think these are the two favorites right here. I still have St. Louis a little bit behind both Colorado and Vegas. That should be a hell of a matchup tonight. Uh, so looking forward to breaking these games down. We only have two games on the card for this Sunday. So again, when we have a very short slate of games, we like to take our time and look back on the night before when we have a little bit more time to do so, such as on today's show. So let's look back on what we saw last night uh, in the NHL. Uh, we saw some interesting results. I got my money back with the Detroit Red Wings plus 150 against the Nashville Predators. Uh, you know, I was it was not once bitten, twice shy theory in play there for me. I said, you know what, Nashville, even though they beat me, they beat Detroit 3-2 Thursday night. I said, I'm coming right back with Detroit here because you still can't tell me that the Nashville Predators deserve to be minus 170 chalk right now, given the way that they have played this season. Uh, and that's exactly what we saw Detroit with a very impressive victory. You know, when you look at it, the Red Wings complete control of that game end up going up three nothing after the first two periods and then they cruise to a four to two victory last night so that was a very good result 
How about the Vancouver Canucks? Wonders never cease. Miracles can happen. The Vancouver Canucks have won a hockey game. Uh, and good for them. Good for them, not only because I bet them, although that's nice. Um, good for them because they were getting the, they were putting in the work. They were actually playing some pretty good hockey when you look at the way things were going for this Vancouver Canucks team the last couple games. They played well enough in the final game of that road trip against Toronto to win that game, but they fell short 3-1. to one. They dominated Calgary Thursday night in the game against the Flames, but again, just couldn't capitalize on their chances, and they lost that game 3-1. to one. And they played every bit as dominant against Calgary in the rematch last night, 46-19. to 19. Final shots on goal for the Vancouver Canucks. Quinn Hughes gets a very, very pretty goal uh, to put Vancouver ahead. Uh, and then they end up taking the lead. Uh, the Calgary answers right back on a Sam Bennett goal to tie it. And then Vancouver gets the uh, two to one goal to go ahead in the third period and then puts it away late to make it three to one uh, over the Calgary Flames. It's good to see the Canucks finally get rewarded with a win for their efforts because that was really the third straight game for the Vancouver Canucks, where you can say they played a good enough hockey game to be able to win it. Uh, and they certainly did that last night against Calgary. Now the question becomes, is this just a one-off win? Or can the Vancouver Canucks get on a run, get some momentum from this, and maybe build on it and go on some kind of winning streak? Because to be honest with you, they pretty much have to right now. They're in a spot where they've put themselves in enough of a hole where you've now got to look toward the next couple of weeks as a pivotal point in the season for the Vancouver Canucks if they're going to try to get back into the uh, race here uh, in the North Division. So it's going to be a very important next couple of weeks for them. Uh, how about the Montreal Canadiens getting up off the mat? They were one period away from going 0-3 this season against Toronto, one period away from suffering their third consecutive loss, their what would have been their fifth loss, in the, or, or fourth loss rather, in the last five games. Uh, but the Montreal Canadiens uh, rise up in the third period with two goals to erase a one nothing deficit against the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and win that game by a score of 2-1. to one. Um, Nice uh, job by the Canadiens in the third period, which they dominated. They had honestly been kept in the game by Carey Price. And that's the first time this year where I can say, you know what? Carey Price played an integral role, and it was a huge positive factor for the Montreal Canadiens winning the hockey game. Because I'll be honest, I, I have not been overly impressed and I have not been blown away by Carey Price's performance this season so far. I really haven't. You know, to me, there's been some games where he has led in a couple of goals from far out, you know, not really been playing the angles well, spitting out rebounds, which is not normally something that Carey Price does. Usually when he's on his game, <clears throat> he is able to uh, get, you know, stop the rebounds. Here's my, the, the, the voice uh, machine is getting me right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, give Carey Price a lot of credit. Uh, it was definitely one of his best games uh, of the season uh, last night uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, getting the victory 2-1 against Toronto. And you look at the difference in winning that game and losing that game, what it does for Montreal. They lose that game in regulation. Let's say it ends 1-0, or let's say Toronto wins 2-0 if they get an empty net or whatever. Toronto wins that game in regulation last night. They all of a sudden have a seven-point lead in the North Division over the Montreal Canadiens. But instead, Montreal not only comes back to win, they get it done in 60 minutes, and all of a sudden, they're looking at just a three-point gap now between them and the Leafs for first in that North Division. So it is a 
de- it is definitely um, a big swing in the standings for the Montreal Canadiens getting that win. Uh, a couple other games from last night. Vegas takes care of business against San Jose. That was one of my winners, although the over came up short uh, in that game. Uh, let's see what else we had. Um, I mentioned Vancouver already. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning bounce back win for them against Florida. Uh, that's why you don't bet. That's why, at least for me, it's I don't often bet against Tampa off a loss because nine times out of ten, I know I'm going to get focus. I know I'm going to get a pretty good effort, pretty good performance most nights. When you're an elite team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's why that kind of angle and philosophy for me betting NHL hockey has worked for years. You get elite teams off a bad game. They didn't play well. They're angry. Good teams don't let losing streaks go on very long. You know, you like to nip those in the bud quickly. You like to put an end to those, put out the fires, so to speak. And the Tampa Bay Lightning sure did that. And they were thoroughly dominated Thursday night in their loss against Florida. And they bounced back strong and put the boots out of the Tampa Bay, or sorry, put the boots to the Florida Panthers last night. Uh, So a nice bounce back performance from uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And like I said, that shows you right there again last night for those people that said, wow, Stephen Stamkos was a big absence Thursday night. BS to that. BS to that. This team has depth. They shouldn't have to hang their hat on Stephen Stamkos. You know, if they were hanging their hat on Stephen Stamkos last season, they wouldn't have won the Stanley Cup. So you got to look at it that way. So that, that's an argument that doesn't uh, ho- that doesn't hold ground to me at, at all. Uh, I think when you look at it from this Tampa Bay standpoint, they've got plenty of depth uh, in their forward group. Uh, they keep just finding these guys um, in the depth in the third and the fourth line to contribute, like a Yanni Gord and Alex Kalorn now is on a third line. Look at the way this Matthew Joseph kid's played. He's played so well now. He's been elevated to the second line center spot with Barkley Goudreau and, and Blake Coleman. Um, and then, of course, you've got still a pretty good top line. I know there's been some shifting around. Sorelli up, Sorelli out too. I didn't even mention that. Anthony Sorelli didn't play last night. He's been a nice forward uh, and been an offensive contributor too for the Lightning uh, the last season or two. Uh, Stamkos, Kucherov. So there's you know three key forwards out. But again, when you have depth, no excuses. Should be able to find ways to be competitive. Should be able to find ways to still win hockey games. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, were able to do that last night uh, against Florida. So uh, credit to them. Braden Point's probably the guy now. If something were to happen to him now, let's say Sorelli, Stamkos, and well, Kucherov's out for the regular season, but let's say Sorelli and Stamkos are out you know, for a longer period of time, and you now maybe have something happen to Braden Point. Now maybe I would say that you know, then you're going to maybe start to see some impact for the Tampa Bay Lightning because outside of the you know Kucherov and Stamkos, that's probably another MVP caliber forward on this team, Braden Point, that would be out. So to me, as far as I'm concerned, as long as you've got Braden Point in there, uh, you're going to have a chance still to be uh, a pretty good hockey team despite not having um, uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, and Sorelli uh, like the Lightning did uh, last night. And the last thing I want to mention, obviously the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, although that's kind of the sidebar story. The bigger story was Patrick Lyonnais dropping the gloves last night uh, in that game uh, against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And I give Patrick Lyonnais a lot of credit for that. But apparently, we are living in such a negative, critical, angry, find something to complain about because we're just miserable pricks. Apparently, that, unfortunately, is the kind of society we have a lot of people like that now in it. For better or worse, that's the way it is. 
There's just so much negativity. We can't give the guy a break. Patrick Lyon A here. Yeah, he fought Brandon Hagel of the Blackhawks last night. So a lot of criticism always goes out to the star forwards, the you know, the top players on all these teams that they don't stick up for themselves, they don't fight, they don't drop the gloves. They always need someone fighting their battles for them. One of their teammates has to come in and step in and take care of someone that's pestering, you know, the star player. Um, and that has been the uh, thought process for years in the NHL that, hey, you got other players to come to the rescue of the star player if someone starts picking on them. And Patrick Lyonet, among any, not just him, obviously, I'm not going to say it, it has been him, but star players often get ridiculed by fans and by people that just watch NHL hockey and say, you know, they don't stick up for themselves. They never drop the gloves. They never fight. All of this stuff. You always hear it, you know, and uh, I'm sure Patrick Lyon has been one of those people. People say he just doesn't fight. He doesn't stick up for himself. And you're right. And going back to his Winnipeg Jets days the last few years, he's really not been one of those players that engages in a lot of physical uh, contact on the ice. He doesn't throw his weight around a ton. He certainly doesn't get involved in many scrums, you know, fighting for sure. Uh, not something that we see Patrick Lyon do at all, but he finally does last night. You know, it's just one of those things, two guys, you know, mixing it up in the neutral zone there. They decide, all right, we're going to drop the gloves. So, you know, people have been critical for years that Lyon is not physical enough and doesn't, you, you know, use his frame and doesn't get involved in rough stuff, doesn't fight and all that. So he finally drops his gloves. And obviously, it didn't go well for it didn't go well for him. The fight, you know, it did. Actually, I thought he was admirable effort. You know, he was throwing early on, but you know, toward the end, Hagel got a couple of shots in, and then eventually got the knockdown uh, of Patrick Lyonet. But I thought, you know, give the guy credit. He dropped the gloves. He's you know, he's standing up for himself, trying to make an impression with his new team that he just got traded to a week or two ago. I thought, you know, good on you, Patrick Lyonet. But that's still not good enough for some people, apparently, who decided to say, you know what, what a terrible fighter Patrick Lyonet is. You know, he's better off not fighting. He can't win with people. I saw so much of that opinion around Twitter and social media last night after that uh, fight from Patrick Lyonet. I mean, you just can't win with people. You really can't. You know, they, the, w someone could do 10 different things to try to appeal to everybody. And someone will still find something to harp on, be negative about, be critical about, be angry about, and, and just rip the guy to shreds about. That's just the way we're living right now. People just want to be angry rather than be happy and be complimentary and be positive. You know, that's just the way it is right now. And you got to you gotta deal with it. And I know we've had a lot of negativity in the world from circumstances out of our control. We're in the middle of a pandemic. That's certainly a negative. That's certainly enough to make us all a little grouchy, a little grumpy, a little angry, a little agitated, a little irritated. I understand all that. I get that. But come on. I mean, enough. Can we not find something uh, a little bit positive here to say that, hey, Patrick Lyon, hey, look at step, stepping up, sticking up for himself, you know, trying to show a nice little uh, – display for his teammates that, Hey, I'm here to fight for us, for our team. And no, it, it, because if he doesn't drop the gloves there and he just lets Hagel just, you know, push away at him, people are going to say, you know what, Patrick Liney, what a wuss. He didn't drop the gloves, didn't fight back, didn't do anything. He does fight back. He does drop the gloves. Now people are saying, what a shitty fighter, Patrick Liney. I mean, it's unbelievable. He, the guy can't do, win. He can't do anything right. That's uh, <laughs> I give him credit. That's what I'm doing. I'm giving him credit. Good on Patrick Lyonet. I think that was a pretty good 
uh, move by him to do that. Uh, and uh, it was pretty cool to see that. Uh, and he, of course, he scored a goal last night as well, even though the uh, Blue Jackets uh, fell short uh, in that game. But I love seeing that. You know, I love seeing that. I've seen, I saw Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, drop the gloves for Edmonton last year against Sean Monahan of Calgary. Two guys that are skilled players, top forwards. You don't think of them as fighters. They dropped the, I love seeing that stuff because it tells you that, hey, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fighter either. But if I was playing, like, I, I, I'm a, I, I haven't gotten in a fight in my life, to be honest with you. I mean, almost, but not quite. But I'll tell you right now, I'd be awful at it. But if I was playing hockey and I was lacing up the skates and I had the stick uh, and I was, you know, with my teammates and someone was pushing me around and, uh, you know, just, you know, you know, rubbing their stinky, smelly, sweaty glove right in my face, right in my grill. I wouldn't stand for that. I'm, I wouldn't say I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd win the fight, but I sure as fuck would stand up for myself. I know that I'm not going to take that shit. There's no way. There's no way someone's going to rub their stinky, stank ass, yucky, uh, <laughs> smelly, sweaty, stinky glove in my face and think they can get away with it. They're not going to think that. I'm at least going to do something, you know, to stand up for myself. Uh, and that's, you know, and, I, and maybe I'd get my ass kicked. Maybe I'd get my teeth kicked in. Maybe I'd just, you know, be a broken nose the whole bit. Who the hell knows how I'd, I'd probably would lose the fight. But I'm damn sure going to go down swinging if someone's going to do that to me and someone's going to think they can push me around. And that's what I respect about what Patrick Lyonet did last night. He basically said enough's enough. I'm not going to get pushed around here. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to show you, my Columbus Blue Jackets teammates, what I'm all about. Uh, and I, I liked it. I liked what I saw from Lion A. So he gets a thumbs up from me, dropping the gloves there. And I love it when I see that. Even Sidney Crosby's dropped the gloves a couple of times. I think McKinnon's done it as well. You don't see it often. Um, I don't think McDavid's done it yet or Matthews. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't believe I've seen them in a fight yet, but that day might come. And I, I enjoy that because it shows me that even though these are star players, they don't mind taking the battle, taking up the battle, taking up the fight for themselves. Uh, so that was pretty cool, actually, in my opinion, to see that out of Lion A last night. So there's some observations uh, on the Saturday NHL card. Uh, let's turn our attention now to the two games here on Sunday. Uh, we've got one afternoon game, which is the NBC uh, Sunday afternoon nationally televised game. We'll start there. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Washington Capitals in Pittsburgh. We've got Pittsburgh minus 115 to minus 120 home favorites. Uh, the total six and a half shaded to the under in this one. Uh, should be an interesting game here. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I cashed a ticket with Pittsburgh Thursday on the Ice Guys show with, against the New York Islanders. A little bit fortuitous because they looked like they were about to lose that game, uh, trailing 3-2. to two. Uh, But Evgeny Malkin ties it uh, in the final seconds, uh, and then the uh, Penguins win it in a shootout 4-3 uh, to three, uh, over the Islanders. And I said on Thursday's show, it, Pittsburgh needs to hit the reset button. They had a few days off prior to that game against the Islanders. And this is make or break at time for them. They've got a new regime, a new front office now at the helm. As I mentioned Thursday, we talked about it earlier this week, the big news, of course, Brian Burks, now the president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Ron Hextall uh, is the new GM. You know, this is the time where the Pittsburgh team has to say, you know what, if we're, if we, if we want to convince this new regime that we're a playoff team and, any kind of Stanley Cup contender, we got to go on a run. We've got to go on a run right now. 
Um, so that was a good start there in that regard, getting the comeback win against the Islanders. Although you also have to factor in the fact the uh, the uh, the fact that the uh, Penguins were very fortunate. I mean, they were on their way to losing that game. Uh, they tied it very late, uh, and then they came back to win four three in a shootout uh, in that one. On the Washington Capitals side, uh, they've been off since last Sunday when they got trounced seven to four against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. They've had three straight games postponed uh, because of uh, uh, COVID nineteen protocol situations. They've basically been sitting on that 7-4 loss for a week. And prior, of course, uh, that was a third straight loss, that uh, 7-4 uh, defeat to the Philadelphia Flyers. So all of a sudden, this team is struggling a little bit. They've certainly had their season upended to a certain degree by all of these COVID-19 situations that they have had. Uh, the good news for – like they've had they had Ovechkin out for a while. Uh, they've had a bunch of players out. But the good news for Washington – uh, coming into this game today is that it looks like just about everybody is going to be good to go for this game. This is about as healthy, about as full a lineup at Peter Laviolette's disposal as he's had uh, in quite some time. You've got Ovechkin, Backstrom, uh, and Wilson uh, on the top line. Does look like Tom Wilson's going to play uh, here in this game, so he's going to be uh, ready to go. TJ Oshie, uh, he did not have COVID issues. He, his was an injury issue uh, before uh, this little one-week break for Washington. Uh, but he is expected to return uh, in this game for Washington. He'll play with, and so is, of course, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who is one of those guys that was out for several games for Washington due to those COVID-19 protocol issues. He's back. So you've got Kuznetsov centering the second line today for Washington with TJ Oshie and Jacob Vrana. Uh, so definitely... The Capitals getting healthy, no question. They've got Connor Sheary, Lars Eller is back, Richard Panic uh, on the third line, Carl Haglin, Nick Dowd, Gar Garnett Hathaway uh, on the fourth line. The defense now, you have Justin Schultz, who was not available right before in those game, game or two for Washington before the break. He's back. He'll be paired with Zdeno Chara, uh, Brendan Dillon, and John Carlson on the top line. Dimitri, or it's a top defensive pair, I should say. Dimitri Orlov, Nick Jensen uh, on the third pair. Uh, and even Ilya Samsonov is off the protocol list. However, Ilya Samsonov is going down to the AHL team, Hershey Bears, for a conditioning stint. So he will not be uh, playing uh, in this game today for the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, it'll be Vitek Vanacek again, who's been pretty good, actually. Uh, kind of roughed up in that Philly game. He got pulled. He didn't play uh, as well. And he's one of those guys you worry that more game film on him, the more starts he has, the worse he gets, the more people figure out his uh, opponents, figure out his tendencies, his weaknesses. And maybe we're seeing signs of that a little bit here uh, with Vitek Vanacek, but still they've gone five and four with him as a starter, a 3.18 goals against 903 save percentage. I mean, the numbers aren't great, but they're not horrible either. He's given them a chance and Washington's certainly given him some run support, given him some offense. Unfortunately, we'll see if the defense can fix things because that's where things have come unraveled for the uh, Capitals um, in the last three games. 5-3 loss to Boston, 4-2 loss to the Rangers, the 7-4 loss to the Flyers. Uh, they allowed their opponents 16 goals in the last three games combined. Uh, so they're giving up more than five goals per game during that span. You know that was a focal point for Washington. Um, this is a good quote here from uh, Tom Wilson saying, it's been a weird year. A lot of ups and downs, guys in and out of the lineup. That will probably be a theme for the whole year. 
but it is good timing for us to reset, focus on our game, get some key guys back, and get other guys back who are nursing things. And definitely, you know, several weeks now, Washington, injuries and COVID absences for this team. Uh, and uh, the good news is Washington at the end of the week, What I and this is important, this is the key part to why this might be a good spot here for the Capitals. Practicing for the last few days, which is important. They're not just stepping onto the ice with this ab, you know, with this long break. They did practice, and they practiced with pretty much their full complement of players, as Peter Laviolette said. Uh, it was nice to have everyone back and healthy. Nick Backstrom says we can reset and go from there. Um, this is definitely a good spot for Washington. There's no doubt. They're coming off three straight losses. They've had a week off to stew on it. They've had a few practices to fix what's not working, fix what's what they're struggling with. Uh, there's no doubt from a spot perspective, this is a Washington spot. There's no doubt. Now, I lean that way. Uh, I probably have a small play on Washington here at the plus price. The only problem is it's going against my theory that Pittsburgh might be uh, on a team that might be about to get on a run after beating the Islanders last night. But it's definitely a good setup for Washington. It doesn't hurt either. They absolutely blew it previous two games this season uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Washington led both of those games, January 17th and January 19th. Both of those games were here in Pittsburgh as well, and they lost 4-3 in a shootout, 5-4 in overtime in those two games despite having leads. So uh, they let the game just completely get away from them, um, and I think that's even going to fuel the effort a little bit more here uh, in this game for the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, the Penguins, on the other hand, look, Evgeny Malkin scoring is a huge positive. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Malkin, Latang, Crosby, the three predominant faces of this franchise for the past 10 years to try to get this team you know, going again, back on a roll. Uh, it was nice to see the way uh, they all stepped up uh, against the uh, Islanders. I thought they all played a good game. Even Chris Latang, who's been borderline awful this year in his own zone, uh, I thought it was one of his better games the other night uh, against the uh, New York Islanders. So, and again, now they've got this new brass and they're trying to prove to them that, hey, don't split us up. Don't trade Latang. Don't trade Malkin. Don't trade anybody. Keep us together. Keep us together because we think we can still win hockey games because we still think we're a competitive team. We think we're a playoff team. We think maybe we can win a Stanley Cup if we just get in the playoffs. We all know what can happen. Anything can happen. So maybe there's that thought that Pittsburgh's really got a point to prove here uh, moving forward. But I can't ignore the fact that Washington's a slight dog here. I can't uh, ignore the fact that this is a pretty good situation for them. Three straight losses, a week off. They're getting all their guys back. They had practice this week. Look at the things that aren't working. I'd expect a good game from Washington. I'll probably be on them here for a smaller bet. I don't love either game on the card today, but we got to give you something here. It's a betting show. We can't just say pass on the two games. That's not fun. That's not good for the listener. That's not good for the viewer. got to give you something. Uh, I do like Washington here a little bit, uh, plus 105 uh, in this game. As far as the total goes, I think I might like the total even more. It's hard not to take over the total here. I mean, sometimes you just see two teams when they're matched up, they just have you know a pattern of play that keeps on replicating itself and what it's been with the penguins and the capitals has been one high scoring shootout after another six and zero to the over the last six meetings between uh, these two teams uh five three four three five three five two four three five four the final scores in those six games all six of them getting to at least seven total goals scored. So I'm, I'm going to be on this over the total here uh, in this one. I know Washington's probably going to focus more on defense coming into this game, 
but Vitek Vanacek's taking a step back. And we're going to go to Tristan Jari in net today for Pittsburgh. I'm shocked by this. Casey DeSmith, I thought, played very well. Hard to blame him for many of the goals against the Islanders. They won with Casey DeSmith in net. And Mike Sullivan's going back to Tristan Jari, who to me has not been quite as good as Casey DeSmith. I think Casey DeSmith's been a little bit better than Jari. And yet Mike Sullivan going to Tristan Jari today and his 3.95 goals against average, his 8.57 save percentage, his 2-5 record uh, as a starting goaltender this season. It's a perplexing move to me, but... Might be good news for Washington. So I like the Washington side a little bit, plus 105. Probably like the over here, six and a half at, at around uh, minus 105 to plus 100, the price with that. I think I like the total even a little bit more, but that's the way I would go. Capitals plus price uh, and over six and a half with the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, next up, we've got Colorado taking on Vegas. Colorado minus 115 to minus 120 road favorites. Total six shaded to the under. Uh, in this game. Um, I'm going to buy into this theory because I mentioned it on Twitter. We've seen two examples of teams that are off a COVID-19 shutdown within their own team. I'm talking about not having games postponed because of other opponents' issues. I'm talking about postponements because of your own team's COVID-19 issues. We have seen two teams, two pieces of evidence of teams coming off a long layoff and a long shutdown because of COVID-19 issues on their own team, Dallas and Vegas. And what did we see with both of those teams in the first game back from that shutdown? They, no rust at all, none, zero, no rust at all. And my thinking coming into the season was these teams on these layoffs, they're going to be pretty poor in the first game. That hasn't been the case. Dallas put the absolute boots to Nashville Seven to nothing, I think it was their first game after their shutdown. And the Vegas Golden Knights, I believe they jumped on the Anaheim Ducks for three goals in the first 10 minutes of that hockey game uh, in their first game following their COVID shutdown. And they rolled past the Ducks in that game. So now Colorado is the third team. If you're following this little angle that's developing two teams, Dallas Vegas, first game after a COVID shutdown within their own team, and they're flying. And they're coming out of the gates fast. They're coming out of the gates strong. And they're winning games. And they're winning games comfortably. So that's the situation here that would say point toward Colorado here uh, in this game. No question about that. Um, and Colorado's, we talked about Washington, the layoff making, giving, getting them a chance to get healthy. You are you can say that about Colorado going into this game. Nathan McKinnon's going to play uh, in this game. It uh, looks like Sam Girard on the blue line might be back, but McKinnon, obviously the big one. There's three players that are still not back yet for the uh, Avalanche today. It looks like Tyson Jost is still out. He's still one of those holdover players on, in COVID-19 protocol right now that he is not back tonight. Um, neither is Gabe Landeskog. Uh, he's still going to be out as well. But pretty much other than that, they've got mostly everybody ready to go. I mean, Ranton's good to go. Uh, Burakovsky, Saad up front. Uh, Sam Gerard. Um, let me just uh, double check. He's the one that I wasn't too sure about. Um, he is, looks like he might still be on the uh, COVID-19 list. So there's uh, a chance that uh, he may not be in there today, but uh, still the blue line's in pretty solid shape. And the, the key thing for the avalanche too, is they get Devon Taves back. Devon Taves is a guy they got him from. Yeah. It's, it's Matt Calvert. It's Eric Johnson. Pavel Francouz is still out uh, for the avalanche. But they get uh, McKinnon obviously coming back, uh, which is big. 
They'll also have Pierre-Edouard Belmar, uh, who's actually formerly of the Vegas Golden Knights. He'll be back on that fourth line. Uh, and Devon Taves, the defenseman, is back for Colorado. He had a foot injury. His wasn't COVID. He had an injury. He had a foot injury. He's back. That's big. That's significant. Devon Taves, they got him to be a really good lockdown, shutdown defenseman, something he, a role that he excelled in with the New York Islanders last season in that Barry Trotz defensive system. Uh, and having him back definitely is going to help this Colorado blue line quite a bit. Uh, so he'll be uh, back on the ice in that second pair. Uh, the top pair has the potential to be just magical for the uh, Avalanche for years to come. Talking about Kale McCarr, who's already such an unbelievable defenseman, skating ability, puck moving, shooting, passing, all of it he can do. And Bowen Byram, the 19-year-old. And I've seen this guy now for a couple of games with Colorado before they uh, had their season paused. Uh, he looks like he's ready for the NHL. There's a reason that at 19 years of age, Bowen Byram is already up with this team. Uh, he looks like he is ready for NHL duty. Uh, I've been impressed with his poise, his maturity, his decision-making, you know, when to make good plays with the puck, when to be a little bit more conservative, making the right play at the right time, which is key for any defenseman to have success. Um, so I've been impressed with the early returns. Again, a very small sample size, but still, I think there's a reason why he's up here with this team. He's ready for it. Um, looks like the Avalanche also talked about how Washington got some practice in. Uh, Colorado practiced yesterday, uh, which is good sign. Uh, the Avalanche had won four of their last five games before the break. Three practices for Colorado this week uh, to get them ready for their return. So that I like that. That's a positive for a team that hasn't played a game in a long time, um, that uh, they uh, haven't been or that they've at least been practicing. They've been on the ice uh, getting ready for this game. Meanwhile, on the Vegas side, you've got them on a back-to-back -back situation. Um, they beat San Jose, of course, yesterday. Uh, it's tough to go against Vegas. They've been absolutely terrific this season. There's no question. It'll be a quick turnaround after the 3-1 victory against the Sharks yesterday. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, the Golden Knights, of course, uh, they had their own COVID-19 shutdown earlier this season. But, you know, Marcia So, Stone, uh, they've been awesome uh, at the offensive end of the ice for the Golden Knights. They've really been the catalysts leading the way for this team. Uh, the Blue Line. Uh, yesterday, uh, the blue line's just, you know, absolutely stacked when you look at who they can put out there. Uh, they don't even have Braden McNabb. He's on IR and Shea Theodore is still out, which, you know, you worry about, uh, you know, a little bit because he's just been so good as a defenseman. Uh, he didn't play yesterday. His status is uncertain for today if he doesn't go, but that's why you got a Petrangelo and an Alec Martinez. You've got a lot more depth on your blue line if you're Vegas than you had before. We'll have to see how they fare here, but it's a back-to-back. -back. It's a rested team, and you can, I, to me, I can't ignore what I have seen so far from these teams that have had the COVID shutdowns, that they've came up, come out of the gate in the first game back and just been absolute terrors. They have been awesome. So I, I do like Colorado here, minus 115 in this game. I'm going to take the avalanche. I don't bet against Vegas very often. I was on Vegas yesterday against San Jose off the shutout loss against Anaheim. Now they're on the second of back-to-backs. I would expect Marc-Andre Fleury to get a second straight start here in net for the Golden Knights, and he's been excellent. He has been fantastic in between the pipes for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Robin Leonard, I, I don't expect him to be available. I don't think he'll even be sitting on the bench in a backup role. I think he's out again, just like he was yesterday. He's dealing with an upper body injury. But I'm looking on some goaltending projection sites 
that don't necessarily have Marc-Andre Fleury as the projected starting goaltender tonight against Colorado. They some There's, there's some hinting going on that we may be looking at uh, Oscar Dansk. We can start if we want to. We can leave your cares behind. Do We can dansk. We can dance. Everybody's do, taking a chance. Safety dansk. Who at the safety dansk? Oscar Dansk uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he may be in net here for the um, Golden Knights tonight. Not a sure thing, but something to keep an eye on. That was, by the way, a dated 80s song reference, musical reference just a minute ago. Men Without Hats, The Safety Dance. YouTube that song for all you newbies out there, you youngins who are making me look old, not knowing what that song was. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, I would expect it to be Flurry uh, in net here for the uh, uh, for the Golden Knights, even though it's a back-to-back. But keep an eye on that. There's 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 some hinting that maybe DeBoer puts Dansk in there. But against a team like Colorado, I can't see it. I can't see him putting him in there against a team of Colorado's caliber, a game of this magnitude between w- what probably are the two teams that have the chance to win this division. Uh, when it's all said and done. That's why I'm still skeptical on some of these projection sites that say it could be Dansk. I think it'll be Flurry again for a second straight day. But I do like Colorado here uh, in this game. You can get them at around uh, minus 115 uh, as road favorites here. Uh, like I said, once I saw what Dal- Vegas did against Anaheim and then also reflecting it back on what Dallas did uh, against Nashville in their first game off the shutdown, the rest in the practice, even though they haven't played a game in a while, has clearly led to good play and extra energy, extra you know burst in your stride on the ice, you know from all of the, from both of those teams. So I'd expect to see that from Colorado, and you've got them rested, lots of practice. McKinnon's back, and then you've got Vegas now traveling back from San Jose, playing the second of back-to-back games. I think it's also going to be third game in four days, fourth game in six days for the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's definitely a scheduling advantage here for uh, the Colorado Avalanche. And you can't deny that these teams, the first game after the COVID shutdown, they've been phenomenal. So I like Colorado here, minus 115. I do lean to the over. I think Brian in the in our live chat here on YouTube mentioned that, or uh, someone did. Uh, Lance uh, mentioned that, sorry, in our chat. Uh, yeah, I, I would lean a little bit to the, to the over in this game, but only if Dansk plays. Flurry plays. Flurry has been an undermagnet. I mean, Flurry's been giving up barely any goals uh, during this run. He, his numbers are excellent this season. Mark Andre Flurry for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So I'd be a little bit. I'd pump the brakes on the over if Flurry's in net. But if it's the safety Dansk, uh, Oscar Dansk in net, uh, then we might have to uh, consider the over in this game because um, obviously he hasn't started all year. It, didn't necessarily expect to start any time. Remember, he's the third goalie on this depth chart behind Leonard and Flurry. So um, th- th- that's more of a goaltender who's in, who's out situation if I bet the total. But I do like Colorado here, minus 115 uh, in this game uh, against Vegas. And we'll see if it's 3-0 and after tonight for the teams in their first game after a long extended COVID-19 shutdown. All right, that is the Sunday card. Uh, two games on tap hope, uh, today. Uh We'll see what we can come up with here for best bet in just a second. Before we do, though, we have to remind you, uh, make sure you sign up on a DraftKings Sportsbook account and use the promo code THPN. And when you're there, tonight's the night. We've been talking about it all week. Bet the over of the Nuggets-Lakers game in the NBA tonight, and you'll get a boost in your bet. Uh, Lots of great uh, uh, promos, uh, lots of great uh, offers and deals. 
by signing up with the sportsbook uh, with the DraftKings sportsbook app using the promo code uh, THPN. Uh, so make sure you do that uh, and take advantage of that great deal. Uh, again, the DraftKings sportsbook app. Download it. Sign up with an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets for this Sunday card. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go right back to the uh, Colorado Vegas game. Colorado minus 115 here against Vegas is going to be my best bet. I think it's uh, again Colorado rested, got practices in. Nate the Great McKinnon's back. Uh, they were in good form before the uh, uh, the pause to their season. They had won four of the f- their last five games before that. Uh, they definitely have the better of it from a situational scheduling perspective going into this game. And you can't deny two and zero for teams off a COVID shutdown in their first game, Dallas over Nashville convincingly, Vegas over Anaheim convincingly. I'm not saying Colorado wins convincingly tonight because they got to play in a damn good hockey team in their building here at T-Mobile Arena, but I do think they get the win. Let's take Colorado minus 115 against Vegas. That's my best bet for this Sunday, February 14th NHL card. And that will wrap up another edition of the Ice Guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Again, if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, make sure you check us out on our podcast. We are available seven days a week in audio podcast form, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, every and every other major podcast platform. You can download and listen to the Ice Guys show on the go wherever you may be. Uh, So there's no reason to miss a single episode of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for watching. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on two, on Monday with my uh, whole crew intact as we break down what's a very uh, interesting and intriguing Monday NHL card. Looking forward to that. Uh, so thank you to everyone. Uh, have a great Sunday. I'm Ian Cameron. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Sunday. And we'll see you and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.